0: Thank you so much for pulling up a chair and joining us for Dinner Table Talks. We have a lot to talk about. You can always learn more and help us spread the word all across social media. That's at our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And for you Twitter users, it's dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com and send us an email at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Dinner's ready. Welcome to Dinner Table Talks, our new podcast. My name is Joe Hilliard, and of course I'm here with...
1: I'm Aislinn Campbell.
0: If you want to learn more about me or Aislinn and what we do and why we're doing this podcast and what this podcast is all about, go listen to episode one.
1: You can find out all about it in episode one, or at least what we thought it was going to be about when we started this whole project.
0: That's true. I imagine we'll redo that sometime in the future.
1: So the idea is that we are inviting you to join us at the dinner table. Pull up a chair. That's exactly right. Get comfortable Mm -hmm. and let's talk because we've found that talking at the dinner table is the best place to talk. So what I'd like to know, we like to talk about food. And what I'd like to know is, Joe, what was the best dish you had this week when you were eating lunch, dinner, breakfast? It doesn't really matter, but you were sitting at the table talking and jawing and eating some food. I have an answer. Let me hear it.
0: It's going to take a story. I'd love to hear it. It's a bowl of pho.
1: Pho? <laughs> Did you say a bowl of pho?
0: A bowl of pho.
1: That's perfect. I, I love I had that.
0: a delicious, maybe the most delicious bowl of pho in Corpus Christi, that, where we're from. And I think I can't
1: get over the pho. Like the pho is making me laugh right now. It's well, just making me giggle. But can Sorry. I tell you why? <laughs> yes, please tell that story.
0: It gives us an entree to talk about one of the many little things we do around town, and that is our Tuesday lunch club that we have.
1: Yes, very much fun. I think we've done, what, three years now of it? and it's
0: We're about three years into this. Every other Tuesday, a group of people. It's like a dedicated group of folks of six to eight are usually there.
1: Right. And you have your six to eight regulars, and then you have those that pop in kind of depending right. on if the concept that we're doing matches your interest and what part of town you live in, those kinds of things. Because
0: once upon a time, we were talking about, I think, hamburgers or barbecue or something, and someone said, oh, my favorite barbecue place is such and such. And I'm like, but have you tried this other barbecue place here in town? And they said, no, I haven't. I go, then you don't have a favorite barbecue. You can't have a favorite if you haven't well, tasted it all. you certainly can't say
1: this is the favorite, or this, this is, is the, the best. best. Right. right. You can have a favorite. but So
0: that was the lunch group, and you and I, I think... Think kind of were the first two folks in it, and we created a little Facebook group, and then we yeah, invited a bunch of people, people, and then it was like. So what we do, and you'll hear us talk about this because every other Tuesday we are at this lunch, right? And we have picked a topic. We call it a journey, uh, an expedition, mm-hmm. in a journey. We
1: like to go on journeys. That's
0: right. Mm-hmm. And so it began with, and I'll try to keep it brief, but it began with barbecue, and we went to every single barbecue restaurant in the city limits of our city.
1: And I was nibbling on beef.
0: That's right. You, you, would, yeah, you <laughs> I,
1: Diet will be a part of our conversation yeah. for me all of the time.
0: You you relaxed your anti-meat in a restaurant, if I don't know where it comes from, philosophy, just to take a little taste and say that you be participated. You part of the group, yeah. You were our sides mm-hmm. ju- uh, juror on that one. And we were able to go to every single barbecue restaurant, and the folks that went to most of them could then choose what is the best barbecue. Then we did burgers, and we did pizza, and we put a little twist on it. And then we did, eventually, fa. P-H-O, I learned on the journey that the proper pronunciation is not pho, but pho. Yeah. and I uh, think
1: that was an old dinner table conversation, by the way, also. The pho, and then the pho, and then I recall a conversation with one of our kiddos about pho king was the name of a restaurant. Did you like
0: that pho that we got from this place that recently closed down here in town, I'm sad to say? (laughs) I I did. They're the kings of pho. (laughs) And then my 16-year-old at the time... Huh? <laughs> huh? Don't, right? They're the kings of pho. Right. Oh, I guess, yeah. What would that make them? The pho king. How dare you curse in this home? Go to your room.
1: We make ourselves laugh. Wah.
0: Wah. Horrible. <laughs>
1: So so pho, so tell us about your pho dish that you had. Just so on delicious. the
0: journey of pho, where we went to eight to 10, I can't remember, pho restaurants around town, we learned a lot about pho and that there's different ways to cook pho based on the regional influence, North or South Vietnam, how to eat pho. When you get your pho, you should take a taste of the broth without putting anything into it. Just that, and that's going to be the indication of what you're, you know, that's going to tell you how good the broth is broth is everything so we had gone through our whole pho journey and then a new place opened up and we
1: well and i was gonna say that what i find oftentimes when we go that deep into a dish is that sometimes i like the less traditional of things and and with pho i learned that the least traditional pho that we ate was the one that i actually preferred the most and so something about the true pho flavoring is not my favorite Although, the dish that you talked about was...
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So, we went back to try... So, we might go from pho and then do uh, a, an Indian food kind of journey mm-hmm. for four or five, six weeks. However many mm, restaurants favorite. there are. Your favorite food is mm-hmm. Indian food. I know that about you. And then when the Indian's over, if there's a new pho place or burger place or whatever, then we will go back. So, we went to a new pho place and it was
1: delicious. It was really, really good. And I ate meat. Mm -hmm. So I actually got the Kobe beef one and I was really impressed.
0: That was the best dish of the week for finding new pho. That made it the best food. Right. Not necessarily the best dinner table talk, but let me ask you that. What was your favorite dinner table talk of the week?
1: Well, I have been dealing with some new diet issues. I've been dealing with some uh, thyroid concerns and my the person that i'm seeing has encouraged me to stop eating any grains at all and that's been for about 4 weeks now and when that started i learned that well first of all i started losing weight immediately even though i was already at a weight loss i began losing weight immediately so i had to start eating more right and so i felt full all the time but i also never felt comfortable just that that and i and comfort is very important to me Where we eat, any place we eat, I want to feel comfortable, but I want the food to make me feel comfortable. So the delicious chicken noodle soups and the just things that are comfort foods are really important to me. And I felt like I wasn't getting that comfort feeling.
0: Oh, I I was making you a bunch of steak.
1: Oh, and I was making you
0: a bunch of hamburger.
1: And I'm a Texas girl, and I love me a good steak and a good hamburger. But I wasn't getting that, that warm because when you say no grain, you're talking about all your tortilla chips, all your breakfast tacos, all your sandwiches, all your, all beer. your beer. That was a huge hit to me. And so we went back kind of to the, the drawing board and started thinking about what are some comfortable foods that you like and what could we do to make them? And so one of the things we learned was that you can use cauliflower in place of several different grain type things. Cauliflower right. can become anything and we learned about lots of different things and some of those are definitely on the list, but this particular dish was the one that really felt the most comfortable to me and it was a king ranch chicken mm-hmm. with um cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah, and it was this warm, comfortable casserole and it had all of my favorite flavors in it and it was a dinner table that we sat at the table and we actually had some kiddos that were, you know, over at the house not ours but extra Friends, kids, extra kids, extra kids, picked up a few <laughs> we, and Been doing um, that a lot
0: lately. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would further here than anywhere else. That's true. Um, put a, re-
0: put a revolving door at the front door. Just come on in kids.
1: Right. And, well, and so the dinner table for us is essential and it doesn't really matter who is in the house. That's right. When we sit down to eat a meal, everyone is welcome to the table. That doesn't mean they always eat, but they're always welcome to the table. And one of the things I've loved about this one was that, Everybody liked it, including the extra kid that was at the table. Mmm, this is good. So it became this really warm and comforting dish, and it felt good, and it reminded me of just being a kid and just being, being able to have access to that comfortable food. Yeah. So King Ranch Chicken. That's
0: not what I asked you.
1: What did you ask me?
0: I asked you what was your favorite dinner table talk of the week.
1: Oh, I, I already messed up, didn't I? You
0: didn't mess up. Well, we just go a different route. But I will tell you this, since you skipped ahead to your favorite food of the week. Yeah. that First of all, how southern is King Ranch Chicken? I mean, the, the King Ranch, of course, is near our home. It's, it's in Kingsville, Texas. It's the largest working ranch in America. It's a big damn deal down here. But is King Ranch Chicken named for the king ranch or Um, is that just what the southerners put on it
1: i'm pretty certain well so so
0: if you're listening in new york if you're listening in washington state you may not even know what king ranch chicken is
1: yes and i was gonna say i'm pretty certain that i've looked at this before and that it actually is a traditional dish a king ranch dish and gosh i hate that i may be making this up but it feels like that it was made that way because it was a quick meal that that they could make, uh-huh. a quick meal that could be made. And it's the components
0: ca- are? It's a casserole. Ch- it's chicken, uh-huh. cheese, typically tortillas, tortillas. corn tortillas. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to add to it a...
1: Tomato base. Like a rotel. And, but but a chili it, tomato base. Yeah, so it's got to have the, right. the heat in it to make uh-huh. it really the King Ranch chicken. And then you're
0: going to spice it up with you know, cumin. And uh, And you know.
1: I've had it before where they had like a red sauce, like a true like enchilada red sauce mm-hmm. in it before, or like ch- more like a chili sauce. That's not my preference. My preference is more cheesy, you know. Right. And so, and this dish was actually really fantastic because it had cream cheese in it. So it was like.
0: Right. It had cream cheese, it had sour super cream. Super
1: American cheesy goodness in a casserole. Uh, yeah. And then it had
0: uh, like a, the filler, <laughs> since you're taking the tortillas out to make it grain free was the cauliflower, which gave it some texture. But without, I found, and I think we all kind of said this, it tasted delicious, but it needed the tortilla.
1: Well, it was a little bit, it wasn't runny, but a little bit too gooey. It was
0: soupy instead of a a thick, hard casserole. Mm -hmm. So you have found.
1: Well, yes, and I, I, so now I'm looking for things because I want to have.
0: You want to have tacos, when I make tacos for the family. You want a freaking uh, tortilla.
1: If you're from anywhere else in in, in the entire world, and not South Texas, then you don't know what a breakfast taco is.
0: No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're yeah. not
1: even going to have a conversation with you about this. There's no argument. You lose. Right. Om, om.
0: Austin uh. has the best <laughs> breakfast tacos, someone will say, and I'll just right. laugh and laugh. And
1: it's
0: That's not even funny. an insult. Austin does so many things better than Corpus Christi, where we live, does. <laughs> yeah. But breakfast tacos are what we do.
1: Yeah. So breakfast tacos is a staple in my life, and it's a staple in our household. And so we found a tortilla that is made with um, cashew flour.
0: Right, which sounds think, weird to begin with.
1: Yeah, you can get it with almond flour, cassava flour, uh-huh. you know, just different options of flours. They're, of course, seed-based, uh, nut-based flours instead of grain-based. And we also found within that same brand line, there's also a tortilla chip. And the, the brand is Siete. And Seven in Spanish. It's fantastic, and it's perfect for... That queso loving girl that I am. Chips and queso, chips and salsa, chips and guacamole. In a
0: sense, it is unfortunate that we're beginning this podcast when you have gone through this diet change because our meals that we would have made and then talked about at the table two months ago are going to be considerably different than what we're making and taking to the table now because of this grain-free thing. Right.
1: And even what I was willing to eat out at restaurants. So like when I say that I ate Kobe beef, in a pho at a restaurant, that's a huge shift in my life in the last 15 years. Explain. I decided about 15 years ago that I wasn't interested in eating locally, sor- sorry, industrially industrially produced meat for many reasons. Part of it is because most of the meat that comes to the industrial system has gone through a feedlot and has been fed grain, corn has run into more types of illnesses. So we're dealing with they're they're possibly giving them different kinds of antibiotics, hormones, all kinds of things like that. But also, um, whether you're talking about beef or chicken or whatever you're talking about, you're also talking about the way they process that meat. When you're feeding 7 billion people and the amount of chickens it takes to feed 7 billion people that's a giant machine of disgusting massacre. This thing, this shift, has made me have to back off on that a little bit, but meaning mo- that you
0: got to find protein. I have
1: to eat protein. I'm, I'm a, I'm a skinny little thing anyway. So for me to cut out one of the major calorie bases uh-huh. in my life, I have to increase it a little bit. Like this weekend, I traveled out of town. I would have starved if I had eaten nothing but lettuce. You know, some salads, garden salad, whatever. Yeah. So uh, I have to eat, you know, I have to make choices about things. And, you know, I'm still careful about things, but I'm having to make choices. And so, yeah, the conversation is different. And mm-hmm. so when I go to eat pho, I don't eat the...
0: You get the, the tofu, l- typically, prior, prior to now.
1: Right. Well, I'm not allowed to eat tofu right now because right. I have to stay away from soy products. Mm-hmm. And so the Kobe beef is known to be a higher quality meat. Right. And there's Kobe beef produced in Texas. And so I chose to go with that choice. I, I basically I' am just making the best option that I have available to me, And I've always done that, really. Right. I mean
0: but I, I think that you've said you're not going to do chicken in the restaurant, no matter what.
1: I last night, uh, when, well, we can talk about that another time. Okay, but yeah.
0: but so get back to the question I asked you originally. What was your favorite dinner table talk of the week? It may not have happened when you ate that delicious King Ranch casserole. And I think that where I was going, real quick, getting back to that, is that the next time I make that, I'm going to add those cashew flour tortillas because it needed that thickening binding agent. Yeah. So, all right.
1: So all we right. might have a little bit of that in there and give that a try. That's yeah. the fun thing. J- Joe does primarily, Joe really does all the cooking in our house. For whatever reason, that's where we are at this point in our life.
0: For whatever reason. I know the reason. What's the reason? You're lazy. <laughs>
1: Wow, really? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. He's probably right. Whatever. It was a joke. Um, There's something about this kitchen that annoys me, like really bad. I, I, mean, I love uh, our so, kitchen. Oh, I know you do. So what was my favorite conversation? We talk with our children about all kinds of fun and interesting things, but this one won the cake and has been kind of in the, on the table for a while. This past weekend, Joe's son, that's a freshman in college now, came home for the weekend. Right. And one of the first things he said to us when he came in the door was, where's my bidet? <laughs> so <laughs> you
0: have to back up.
1: <laughs> well, let me skip to the conversation and then we'll back up and okay. then go forward and then talk about it a little bit. But we all decided to go out for a meal with my family yeah. and our our whole family and um, and the girlfriend who is still in here at home. She's not in college yet. He, he came home to see her as well. And she came to dinner with us. We find out that the bidet becomes a part of the conversation because the ba- bidet transferred from Hunter to the girlfriend. Yeah. And so we have to back up now and tell us, you well, know more not, about the bidet story. not technically a
0: bidet. Okay, what is it? I don't even know the brand of it because, <laughs> because he did this a 100% on his own. He went out and purchased one of these attach it to, you take your toilet seat off you got your two holes that the the bolts and nuts go through to attach the toilet seat, and the bidet is like a little unit that you attach to the water, the water that fills up the tank of the toilet, and then it's it's a very simple little thing. I think it costs like sixty to seventy dollars. So where
1: does the water come from?
0: It comes from the city. I mean the city. No, but
1: like it, it's a it's a tube that's coming from where? Like it goes into the tank, or yeah. into the bowl?
0: It, it it's the same water that fills the tank. That when you flush goes okay, into so it the bowl. Goes,
1: it, it goes from the tank. And no, then it, it doesn't
0: go from the tank. It never touches the toilet. It goes straight from the city line to there. And that's by...
1: And that's where it sprays.
0: Yeah, it's come, It's city water. The same that you'd get out, of, out of the tap. I am so
1: disgusted by this whole process. Right.
0: So you, you attach... Well, you don't like... I... Okay. How deep do you want to get into the bidet? <laughs> how, how much splashing around do you want to do on this topic? Because the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that I would love to have a bidet. Yeah. Because there is no sense in, in, in moving from, you have a newborn baby, and you change the baby's diaper, and you don't want that baby to get diaper rash. So you get all of the, what are we going to say? Fudge? The poo. Poo.
1: Just call it Off poo. of that baby. And
0: you don't use a paper, <laughs> uh, a wad of paper. Of, of 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 toilet paper to smear it off of your baby's bottom when it's on the changing table. You use water if you need to. You use wet wipes. You use you, you take care of it. Then we graduate into
1: to dry paper. To dry to smearing <laughs> around like, this thing. And like if you grew up like me in the country and you had a septic tank, you just got one ply and it was like really scratchy one ply. One ply.
0: <laughs> Why do they make one ply toilet paper?
1: Because the septic tank can't handle uh, that anyway. stuff.
0: So a bidet, you're taking a shower. You're taking a, your little bottom is taking a shower every single time you go. Now, I don't know what's you know, gross I, about I that because you get into the shower. Fine
1: for a male, but when it comes to a female, our parts are more open, and I just can't. Like I imagine. Yeah. You know, have you heard the stories about when you flush the toilet and then like fecal, bacteria fecal mask... Yeah. And your toothpaste gets back. I mean your uh, toothbrush right, yeah, yeah. and your if you drink think about the glass it, you drink right. out of. It gets bacteria. Now you're spraying it up inside No, you're of not. you.
0: It's, no, it's a stream oh. that's coming directly from the city water source.
1: It's still spraying it, from the toilet region and anyway. it's going up inside. Like, no, females, I just, I don't know. I mean, I... I, you can disagree with me, other females. This was but... a
0: bidet little unit, <laughs> like I said, sixty seventy bucks. you attach it underneath your toilet seat and then you can elect to use it or not. So he had this at his mom's house, and when his mom moved, he brought it over to our house right. broke our toilet seat.
1: That was a thing that Bro- yes like, it was we have we have uh, currently living in the house, two teenage girls, and at that time this teenage boy as well. right. Which that's a whole different conversation sure. about teenagers teenagers in the bathroom and, and then their he, disgusting bathroom.
0: And then he wanted to take his bidet unit, uh-huh. we'll, we'll just say bidet, to college with him. We got we get up right. there to move him in. It's in the car. I go to look at the toilet and these are industrialized dorm toilets. You're not taking that toilet apart. They're not allowing you to. So the bidet came home with me. The first words, you're right. When he came in the door, first words, where's my bidet? I <laughs> want to give this disgusting. Now the disgusting part no, is because no, no. an 18 year old no, boy. He goes, has I want this.
1: Where is it? Okay. I we tell him where it is then. And then you go, you're not planning on, well, no, you, you, can't, you can't take that back to college. It won't work. No, I know. I, and, and then you go, you're not planning on giving that to someone. Yeah. And then he names a friend, a friend, so-and-so might be interested in it. And as he shows, shuts the door, you laugh so loud. You're like, is that a thing now that we're sharing bidets in the 18 year old specter of 2019?
0: Because a bidet (laughs) that's been hanging out around the toilet is bound to get gross. Oh. Right, not the water coming out of it, but the actual unit. Just like your toilet seat would get gross, or the toilet bowl would get gross, you got to clean that thing off. To hand that would be like <laughs> getting a new toilet seat and then giving your old toilet seat to a friend. No, that just goes in the garbage.
1: So then, fast forward to the dinner table conversation. Yeah. Uh huh. And she's grinning from ear to ear, yeah. just excited that he gave her, her. a gift. <laughs> right. she- he gave you know when you see your video. hey when you come
0: back home and see your girlfriend you <laughs> might want to get her some flowers or you might want to get her a little token a little a&m thing that's where he's at school no i'm gonna give you my, my tushy sprayer my shit sprayer
1: <laughs> anyway we're officially a rated r tv show yeah. <laughs> all right you well get one S that's, word. that's pretty good right like that was a great dinner table conversation it was and, and the best part about it was like we're at a table full of people with lots of Per, like, a, lot personality. a lot of
0: personalities, a lot
1: of personalities, a lot of talking, a lot of stuff going on. So tell me, Joe, uh-huh. what was your favorite conversation, dinner table conversation? Well, we've had whole...
0: 21 meals since our last episode. 21. Seven days, three meals a day. We had 21. My favorite meal, the exact same one as yours, my son home from college. What do you want to eat? Let's... I want... I want I'm want. We're back on the coast. Uh-huh. I want Corpus Christi food. Yeah. He got breakfast tacos. I want
1: breakfast tacos because... I made because, him breakfast right. tacos every morning.
0: <laughs> and Aislinn, you got to eat breakfast tacos with us with your cashew flour Woo-hoo! tortillas. With win, delicious win for sausage everybody.
1: from one of our delicious yeah. local farmers. There's was a
0: bacon egg morning and a sausage egg morning. Yep. Thank you um, to the local
1: farmers. Thank you, yeah, local And, and I know those are
0: gringo tacos. You don't need to send us email on that. I get it. Bacon egg, sausage egg tacos. But...
1: What are we talking about? Barbacoa? You want barbacoa tacos? I like those too. Adding
0: beans to maybe a taco. We could probably do that. Some refried beans from time to time. We don't do that, but maybe we should.
1: Well, I eat egg and bean all the time. Egg, bean, and cheese is my favorite. So it's
0: it's family night out at Black Diamond Oyster Bar. Look it up. Some of the, if not the best, fried shrimp, fried oysters you can get in town. And that's what he wanted, so that's where we went, of course. And it was all the kids that are in town, his girlfriend, and your parents. And I love going out to dinner with your parents. Because your dad... I
1: think the kids... The girls are the girls. They were on their phones the whole dang
0: dinner. It was pissing me off. And every
1: once in a while, they'll jump off their phones and jump into the conversation. But they're teenage girls, and that's a whole concept. But the boys find my parents hilarious. And your dad especially. love it.
0: Your dad is filled with these Texas colloquialisms. Some of them I've heard. Some of them I haven't. But they always make us laugh. And they sometimes enter our conversation. And I need him to know, because I'm sure he's going to listen to your podcast.
1: And he's also super excited, because... He has two grandsons uh-huh. that are going to be Aggies, yeah. that you, are Aggies. And your parents
0: and, have adopted my kids as full-blown grandkids. Absolutely. So that's the way that it is, and that, that his biological, your son, grandson, is at A&M, is exciting enough. Right. But now his adopted grandson is off to A&M, too. He's M2. converted
1: another, He's into an another A&M, Aggie. Yeah, A&M <laughs> family. So, We're talking about Texas A&M University, if you don't know that already.
0: I don't know what that meant. I don't know. <laughs> what are you raspberrying exactly?
1: <laughs> who doesn't know who Texas A and M University? Well, is? if you
0: follow college sports at all, Texas A and M is right. always a powerhouse. But anyway, so your dad.
1: We're back to the table. Your
0: dad was quiet at the beginning of the meal, but then when he finally kind of when cra-
1: Hunter started talking about college, yeah, yeah,
0: and of course because, and his grandson's not at the table, but here they are allowed to have a shared experience. That that you you went to A and M for a little while. And right. I, I have, I'm not an A&M person at all. Right, right. So it was just, fat. That's this is why it was my favorite conversation. A, we had gotten a whole family together. Right. And then I get to listen to my son talk to your dad about something that I'm not.
1: Now they're Aggies together.
0: Right. Yeah. And I had talked to him on the telephone, my son that is, about, you know, how's classes, how's this, how's that, you know, all the things that you would expect a parent to ask about. But then I eventually asked him, now how are the things going that I don't really want to know about. <laughs> you know?
1: Let's keep the dinner table conversations going, even if it's over the phone. Well, yeah. a safe zone.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And, beca- and, and again, I'm not so far removed from my own college experience that I don't remember it. Right. And I don't expect my son to, or your son, or our daughters, to not have the same essential, essential is not the right word, just the same experiences. They're going to have the same experiences, and we can stick our head in the sand, And pretend like it's not happening or we can hyper control them and believe that we have control of them. Right.
1: And I always like to believe that they need to have an opportunity to make mistakes and to make decisions. But we're really not that far away and we're definitely even closer than maybe it was when we we were in college because a phone call is super quick, Mm. you know, these days.
0: Your dad has a different way of asking the same question. Right. And, and you remember what he said.
1: And This is actually the second time this has come up. So I, you know, I had a quick response to it almost immediately. But he, he asks Hunter, well, so y'all have y'all gotten a keg in the dorm yet?
0: <laughs> and I had asked him the same thing because these A&M games are so important to go to if they're at the home field. But if they're not in the home field, sometimes they're across the country and you don't get to go. So you would collect and have a little game watching party with your friends, your dorm mates, in my son's case. That was when I asked him on the telephone. It was like, how are the things going that I don't really kind of want to know about. And this is my son's reply. Oh, Dad, how did he say it? He said, uh, Dad, I haven't seen a beer. <laughs> I don't have not been invited to a party. I don't even know where the parties are or how to find them. Right. And I trust my son, and I believe him. I said, but at that
1: Clemson game,
0: when you had that dorm watching party, there was no beer there. Come on. that's I don't believe you. No, there wasn't. There, yeah, there wasn't. yeah.
1: Well, and his response, I thought his response was interesting to my dad, and, and that which made me jump in it real quick. Because what he said was, well, well, no, no, we don't do that. And I said, oh, oh y- you've forgotten, Dad, that the drinking age was 18 right. when you were in college. Right. And things are completely different right now. So even to an 18-year-old kid that's a freshman in college... We are so far removed from the drinking age having been 18. Like, it was 21 when I was that age. Me I too. think it was 21 when you were that age. Yes. That they don't even... Who who drinks in the do- dorm room? No, we're not old enough to drink in the dorm room. Nobody oh, drinks no. in the dorm
0: room. Hold on, Aislinn. There are <laughs> kids drinking in the dorm room.
1: Yeah. I, I know that that's well, happening. Well, the keg parties? Yes. In the dorm room? No, yes. I mean, I asked him and he said, no, no that's he not happening. I
0: believe that maybe his crew that he's quickly put together only I think the roles there. are
1: different I really do and, then, and that's what I think it's
0: we weren't allowed to have beer in the dorm room back in 1990
1: well, I can we tell had you, beer in the dorm
0: room I promise you
1: I didn't live in the dorm room however I had friends who lived in the dorm and when I went out to another campus those kids almost always lived in the dorm and we were definitely doing things in the dorm that you know we weren't age appropriate or whatever whatever things those might be <laughs> I'm not gonna ask. You don't tell. But um, I don't know. I just think it's, it's. I think it's an interesting conversation, and I think that that's why it became the whole a, conversation about the age, the age difference, and what are kids talking about right now compared to what they were talking about when my dad was in college.
0: It is a critical conversation for me because I went to college ill-equipped to deal with that whole area. I, I was so hyper-controlled that I didn't really have much beer before I went to college. And then all of a sudden here is this forbidden fruit, this evil thing, this thing that's so scary, this thing that you are not allowed to do. It is in our human nature to be drawn to those very things. Once all of the shackles are removed well, and from you. I,
1: I grew up with something completely different, I know, obviously, yeah. because you know, my mom and dad there, there, you know, there are some fun stories. My parents rodeoed. They traveled all across the state of Texas and there are stories about bathtubs with, you know, Pat's Blue Ribbon and uh-huh. Lone Star and whatever in the bathtub. And so there are funny stories about that. But drinking was not a big deal in our household. It was a
0: huge deal in my household. Right. We will have an eternity with this <laughs> to podcast talk about, to talk about all of that.
1: Right. It's just what we're talking about now.
0: Well, I have the same fears and my fears are different. My fears for my son are, are not duplicating what I did, which was take it too far and, yeah. and let it uh, interrupt your studies. And let it interrupt your plans for your future.
1: Yeah. And our kids are so good and on track that.
0: But I think it's because they know they can tell us anything. And I don't mean to be naive. I don't mean to say, but I pulled the wool over so many people's eyes. And even
1: that training in itself, that mm -hmm. training, like. Which training? The training of it's better to keep things secret. Right. Anything I don't want somebody to know about me.
0: Anything that's going to make me seem in. Inferior.
1: To whoever it is, if it's your parents, your children, your wife. Well, your if, it's,
0: if it's a church group, it's yeah. it's the things we call sin that everyone's doing and, everyone li- and, and everyone's lying about, about. Yeah, a, a, a that, life of hypocrisy.
1: And I have a completely I will not different do upbringing. I'm not saying that it, everything was perfect and right, and yeah. we learn from our mistakes and all of that. But the, lying is not like lying is the sin. Don't lie to us. Tell us what's going on. And the older we got, the older we got, it was easier certainly um, than it was when we were younger. And um, I think it's different for the girls than the boys.
0: Let's take it back to Black Diamond Oyster Bar, though. So your dad says, "Y'all get a keg yet?" Right. I can't remember exactly how. How did Hunter reply?
1: Oh, he just said simply, "No, that's not. Yeah, yeah that's not." You said before there's so many, so many personalities at the table yeah. that you hear people jumping in real quick to enter into the conversation.
0: You hear that on this podcast.
1: You hear that. <laughs> a lot of interrupting. In our lives. sorry. You know, that's, that's what it is. So, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the conversation is drinking age, and what's the drinking age? And you made a comment to me that was funny about what are the kids talking about now compared to what they were talking about then, and that's been a kind of an interesting ongoing conversation because our kids have not had the same experience that we had. No. When we were kids.
0: And we didn't have the same pr- one that our parents did. I mean, it, and I expect that it won't be too many episodes before we are talking about generational gaps and the differences between boomers and millennials and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. But Absolutely. that was my favorite dinner table conversation.
1: Yeah, it was good. I liked that one, too. I would I, I would have thrown that one up there as well, you know, if I hadn't you know, had a bidet to talk about.
0: <laughs> well... <laughs> So, <laughs> and I love that you have a bidet to talk about. No. Damn, we left about that.
1: <laughs> okay. There's this other fun thing that we want to do to wrap up the dinner table talks. And we think that it will also be something that will become interactive. So as we, you know, get those social media things pumping and people are responding and interacting and listening, we hope that you will join into this last part of the dinner table conversation. We brought to the table back when we first got together, when we were sitting down at a table with... 11-year-old, a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, no, and a 6-year-old, we or first, something like
0: that. No, no, no. When we were first sitting around the table, it was a 6-year-old, an 8-year-old.
1: 11-year-old and a 12-year-old. Yeah. That's what I just said. But it's okay.
0: I'm going to leave that in. Did you just say that? <laughs> that's literally Where was it. my head? Except
1: I said 12, 11, 8, 6, instead of 6, 8, 11, 12. Anyways, <laughs> that's, that's our kids. That's, when we, that's about the time that we got together. Why would you? In, uh, why the... would you
0: start and then go backward?
1: You start with the youngest
0: and you go forward. You completely threw me off. You can make
1: the rules, right?
0: <laughs> well, only until you do. And <laughs>
1: right. I
0: try to, and then you. Uh... Okay,
1: let's get back to this thing that we did. So I'll be quiet. So one of the things that you brought in was that you had had this clear box.
0: I don't even know where I got that.
1: Um, and the the thing is called Table Topics Family. All of the things that they talk about about making those dinner table to- conversations work. Sit at the dinner table and play. Play games and sit at the dinner table and da, da, da. And we just wanted to talk because we felt that that was a strong, important part of our family. So what we're going to do each week is pull out a box, a question, a random question. And I'm going to let you pull this out, this random question out. Do it first? Yeah. Okay. And... I think that we would like to know your thoughts about these things as well.
0: I think it's important to also point out that we have not looked at these cards in six years or three years maybe, and we pulled them out of the closet, and I honestly do not know what this question is about going to be. Some of these questions are better than others, so if it's lame, do we pass and skip, or do we just answer it no matter what? I think we go
1: for it. We try it. And I think that it's important to know that this might have been where we started, but the reason it went into the closet... Was because we didn't need to. The dinner table conversations were a part of our life and are a part right. of our life.
0: Right. Table topics. Okay, here we go. I'm reading this question for the first time and you've never heard it. Okay. Have you ever stood up for something you thought was right?
1: I, all of the time. <laughs> Is that the answer?
0: Well, it's a yes or no ask. question. So I guess you could just say yes. yes. <laughs> I would say yes and we're done with this one. But do you want to elaborate on the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Um, yeah, I... That is a part of who I am as a person. And it's not easy. So I've stood up for things that I believed were not right a lot. I stood up for kids picking on other kids. So when one of my kids tells a story of that, I'm grateful when they stand up for another kid. The career that I have now is because I stood up for something that I believe health is not a priority in my community. And the leaders are not talking loudly about it and making true action towards contributing and giving people options and access to things. So I stood up for that. And probably the most shocking thing that I stood up for was a nose-to-nose argument with our mayor where I there was a section of pedestrian area that was safe that they were just opening up and making it Available for cars to start driving through again with no discussion with anyone.
0: That's mine too. That's the first thing I thought of because we were on the news and stuff doing it. And I guess we can post some of those but articles to social media. It. It's a little boring. I mean, boring. you stood
1: up for the, the Uber thing. I mean, you've been standing up. You, well, I, I, I stood up for things. That's who I am as a person. Yeah. But you were, you are, you have such a good public speaking. You're so. Strong in that area. That well, you I just—I
0: look. It boils down to this, and I don't want to bore the folks that don't live in this city.
1: Right, but people are dealing with Uber fights and scooter fights and Airbnb. Sure, and, and, all and there the could be listeners that fall on
0: an opposite side of the issue than you us. Could go but go all the
1: way back it, to the carriages right. and the carriages. Right. What of, whatever. we fight
0: in this, what we fight in the city that we live in, is that progress and technology, and especially technology-based progress is immediately vilified. as In other words, it's this classic, older, when I say older, I mean the, the age of the city and the, the median age of the politicians that, that kind of run it.
1: And the, median, a, the, we the know, median income, which means the people that might have some interest in standing up for things, don't have the means or the time to even do it.
0: We know we need to do things differently, but we're not going to do anything differently. That frustrates the hell out of me. Because it is, it is lip service that it's, it's lip service.
1: Somebody said the other day when I was in a conversation with a few Mm -hmm. leaders,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we, we shoot ourselves in the foot with arguing over whether it's right or wrong or allowing it or not allowing it before we even give it a chance to know if it's something that might work well in our community. Right.
0: So you mentioned Uber. Rideshare went through almost every single city and had the exact same conversation uh, in different cities across America. You can Google Uber Phoenix, Uber Washington, D.C., Uber whatever. The same conversations in every single city. Well,
1: I, I would argue that the conversations weren't the same in every city. Because well, often, I don't want to get
0: bogged down well, in I the, No,
1: I think that's valid to talk about when you're talking about cities that are more rural and less urban, where where a it's easy to get around in San Francisco when you don't have a car or you need a they, driver's okay. service, or New York City, or Houston even for that matter. So
0: what these technologies do really quick is they start. They, they're not waiting on permission because there are no ordinances on the board that prohibit or allow. So they just start. Uber is in your town. Uber, Lyft, Ride, there was another one that I think it's since gone out of business, and the default reaction by enough city council members to where it would not get any kind of fruitful discussion was, the taxi cabs don't like it, they are an established entity, therefore, no. And you and I and a parade of other people. I mean, I was involved on the boots. Like, let's create the Facebook group that that makes this thing a thing, and let's let's rally and get signatures to put it on a ballot. I mean, like, it, and not because I have any stock, literally, in Uber or in, in ride or Lyft or any of them. I just knew it would be better for our community, and I knew that we were about to just say no and we don't need in this city another excuse to drive young people away with that kind of attitude and eventually it went it got voted down and the texas the the texas legislature said no
1: which actually that makes me more angry than anything else because we my, don't
0: have the p- capacity have to, to, to make good to, decisions at home
1: because we have to have preventative laws that come from our state because mm-hmm. we as a city can't make the right decisions for ourselves right. and then that gets back into that conversation and I don't I want to be able to make my own decisions at a local level based on my community and what's best for my community. And what was best for my community is we needed ride share options. And we needed people needed cars. a side
0: hustle. People needed, needed
1: Yeah. We yes, we needed we extra needed, income.
0: We needed a drastic d- d- reduction in, in DWIs. And the
1: argument when the argument comes down to moral and fear based arguments, I'm always gonna have to go, go hard against it. You're always
0: going to stand up for something that you thought was right.
1: That's right. I'm afraid if we're the gonna only bore reason, people. If the only reason you're fighting about something, no. way. are you kidding?
0: I think if, that getting deep into the Uber conversation that is over and we won in a circuitous way.
1: Well I think that you're right. But I think that it's I think I think that what you will hear from me as it relates to this particular question mm-hmm. is that when it comes to something a decision that is made based on your moral and your fear-based whatever, then I'm going to say, no, I believe something different. My morals are different. That doesn't make me less moral. I don't have the same fears that you have. That doesn't mean that I don't have different fears that I might fight hard against and you might come back at. But when the argument is all fear-based and moral, then we're not having real conversations about what should and should not really be regulated in our country, which is a whole other conversation.
0: I think we should wrap up, but before we do, I'm going to say something. We haven't even talked about how you ran for mayor once upon a time, and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so I think this was a fantastic first long episode.
1: And what a great question to get to answer because, yeah, yeah I mean that's, that is hugely what we're about if you ask anyone.
0: And we want to hear your answer to the same question. Have you ever stood up for something you thought was right?
1: Or have you ever wished that you stood up for something? And when it came down to it, if you had stood up for it, you might have made a difference. That matters.
0: So hang tight and you'll hear exactly how you can get in touch with us. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye. Thank you again for joining us at our dinner table. We hope we filled you up. If we told you we would share something, you can find it at at our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram, and for all those Twitter users, at dinner underscore talks. Be sure to visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com, or send us an email, talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We definitely look forward to hearing everything you have to say at our dinner table.